0: It's time for the best 60 minutes of your life. This is the Homer Hour, broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All studio at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, alongside former Packer Brian Balaga. Here's Emmy Award winner Homer.
1: Minutes of your day. How many more days till the Packers and the Cowboys play? If you're a player, are you tired of it and you want to play today? Or only one of us would know that. That would be uh, the doctor himself, Brian Bulaga. Good afternoon. That just doesn't feel right.
0: yeah It's good evening for me. Oh, that's true. It's, you know, it's right, You're an o'clock. hour ahead.
1: You're in. For a bit yeah, long. People who don't know where you are, and we probably shouldn't tell them because they don't really care, but um, <laughs> all they know is they can watch you if they wish, and they can listen to you. So they're, the ability to uh, to communicate and see you, um, yeah, all we know is you're in a room. That's correct. All right, so by, th- by Thursday in the playoffs, are you ready to play do you have to pace yourself and just take it day by day. What are the dynamics? Because I'm assuming it's different than the regular season, even though the time is the same. Correct or not?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I always looked at playoff games as I, I really wanted the full week. I wanted the full week to prepare. Um, obviously, regular season, you know, you kind of want these games like to come and go. You want them to. You want game week to be here. You want game day to be here. You want to get it rolling. Um, in playoffs, I always liked the full week to prepare, uh, get all the film study in I could, all the practice reps in I could, uh, to feel as confident as possible uh, going into Sunday or Saturday. In our case, this week, it's Sunday, but and, and just feel like I'm 100% ready to go. And I always felt that I I always wanted that late afternoon or night game in the playoffs as well, because then I could always kind of watch the games before kind of, you know, settle myself down by watching another team play and kind of, you know, not think about, you know, what is going on with their game, but just to kind of settle the nerves down. Hey, someone's already out doing it. I'm about to go do it. Let's, let's, let's go get this thing done. And, um, By about two hours before kickoff, I was normally like, all right, can we just play this thing now? Like, let's just get this thing going. So uh, it it is a a buildup and it's a wait. But, I mean, for me personally, I always liked having that full week of prep and, and really getting dialed in.
1: Is every playoff game at the same level? Or given how good your teams were, do you take the first one differently? Does it grow as the playoffs continue? No, I mean uh, we
0: learned real quick in 2011, getting knocked out by the Giants um, in that in that second round uh, home game. Yeah. So I learned from a young age that you, you got to be ready to go game one, whether that's you got the bye or you're in the wild card round, you got to be ready to go from the kick because all these teams normally teams are coming in hot, they're playing their best football. Even the six seed sometimes, like you know, in our in the Packers. Case right now, the seven seed—they've won a lot of games to get in. They're peaking at the right time, and if you and if you come in sleeping against a hot team, uh, you're going to get beat, or you're going to, you know, make it very difficult for yourself. So, I always looked at it as you, you got to be ready to go from the kick. You got to be ready to go. Doesn't matter who you're playing, um, what seed they are. You got to be ready.
1: Well, it should be mentioned—you never had a chance to play a seven seed because the seven seed didn't exist. And they've been around, this is the third year, and they've gotten their butts kicked every game, three of the four games. So at some point, a seven seed is going to win and change it. But um, at
0: some point, at some point, you know, uh, you you know, it's, listen, seven seed going into a two seed, it's, it's, it's a difficult matchup. It just, just like it is. If a six goes into a one, it's hard. Um, But. The thing is that these first round playoff games, you're just so unsure of what can happen, what team's going to come out with more nerves, more jitters, who's going to play looser, who feels like they have more to lose. And a lot of the times it's those higher seeds. They feel like they have a lot more to lose. They're at home, the pressure's on them. You know, a lot of the pundits are picking them to be, you know, an NFC championship team or potentially a Super Bowl team. And they got a a lot of pressure on them. So... Um, I always looked at it as you know, first round games is you don't know what you're going to get. You got to get out there and, and get a feel for the game and, and kind of set the tone and 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 play your best ball because seven seed, six seed doesn't matter. They can come in and beat you, and and that's just the reality of it.
1: Oh man, I I, I guess I just thought that some of the teams you were on, I mean, it just. We're just better. I mean, you can always lose, but if we just play our game, we're going to win. Is that just made up? Or are you never thinking that way in the playoffs? Look, if we just play our game, we don't have to do anything special. We're going to win. Am I making that well, up? Well, I mean, you, you do. You're not making it up. I mean, you assume as,
0: you know, especially the teams that I was on. I mean, yeah, if we do what we need to do and we play to our, our caliber and – In our level, we can beat anyone. And that's the way we thought about going into these games, even if we were on the road or at home. It didn't really matter. Um, If we we played up to our standard, we can win the game. And that's kind of what was the approach. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to go out there and do it or the team you're playing just happens to be on a heater and and everything goes right for them. And you could be playing a good game, but they're playing a little bit better. And things go their way and and that kind of stuff happens. A perfect example is... What was it, 2015, when we went out to Arizona, right? I mean, Aaron throws the hail mary. We come back, first series back. Larry Fitzgerald takes like a little dump pass, you know, 70 yards down to the two, and they beat us in overtime. Like it just, it's small things like that, um, that that that's what happens in playoff football. So yeah, you may you may be the better team on paper and with what your record says, but things happen. And, and that's why the playoffs are always so fun to watch and they're always so intriguing because these crazy things happen throughout a game and yeah you want to you believe that your standard and your style and, and, and your level of play should always trump the, the team you're playing but that doesn't always happen throughout the playoffs and, and that's why the NFL playoffs are to me undefeated they're the, they're the most intriguing thing to watch always.
1: What's the biggest upset? You were a part of as a member of the Green Bay Packers, where you can say it now. I just didn't think we were going to win. I understand uh, we always go into a game believing you can win. That doesn't mean you think you're going to win.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I, I kind of look back on all the playoff games and and all that and. I'd still have to say my rookie year when we went to Atlanta, I believe Atlanta was the one seed. Yes, we were the sixth seed, and, and, and we had lost to Atlanta earlier in the year by a field goal, so we knew we could play with them and compete with them, but, you know, they were playing really, really well, and how that game started off, you know, they started off, we you know, Greg Jennings caught the long pass. He fumbled it. They went down and scored. We scored. They returned a kick, and you're kind of like, is this going to be one of those days again? Is this going to be, you know, one of those days that, you know, we do as much as we possibly can, right? But they just do a little bit more. And obviously Aaron had probably
1: one of the the greatest playoff games ever,
0: ever. Like probably one of the best performances I've ever seen from a quarterback. And we, we blew them out and our defense, you know, turnovers and touchdowns. And the thing was over at halftime. So, that was probably one that we went into it or at least I did as a young rookie that was like, we're going into the one seed. Like this is going to be loud. It's going to be tough. They already beat us this year. Um, You know, we'll see how this plays out. And as the game started, you know, like we started that first series and I think, you know, our first three plays didn't go too well or first two didn't go too well. Then Aaron completes that pass and it's a fumble and you're kind of going, Oh boy, here we go. And then it just kind of turned. And obviously history's history, but That was the one that I can really remember that we went somewhere and won that I wasn't really, you know, I, I didn't, not that I didn't think we could do it, but that it would be a real uphill battle.
1: I think you were about a two point underdog, uh, at that time, of course the Packers, uh, and this time the Packers are a seven and a half point underdog.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, a touchdown, you know, a touchdown and a half is, is a big spread in an NFL game. Um, Yeah. I mean, listen, I I think that all, you know, kind of presides on Dallas is really, really good at home. They've shown it. They're undefeated at home this year. They put up a lot of points there. I get it. What happened in that Detroit game was kind of an outlier for them. Uh, Detroit should have won that game. They should be going to Detroit, you know, this week, Um, but it is what it is. So I think it kind of presides on that. And and our defense is a little bit shaky and up and down, and you don't know what you're going to get out of them. So I understand where the line's at. I, I As as a player on the team right now for Green Bay, I don't I don't think they're really paying attention to that. That's not something that they're really aware of. Maybe some guys are, some aren't. I don't know. Um, but you, you already know going into it, you're the underdog. You're the seventh seed going to the two seed, and the two seed hasn't lost at home yet. So we're going to be underdogs, <laughs> and that's just the way it is. And um, that's what I kind of mentioned earlier. Who's going to play looser and who's going to play tighter? I have a feeling that the seven seed's probably going to play a little more uh, loose, a little more let it all out and just go, and the the two seed playing a little tight. They got all the expectation. They're seven and a half point favorites. I mean, there's there's a lot of expectation on their shoulders. Their their head coach was the head coach of the team that's coming in. The last time that head coach came into Dallas or played, you know, these two teams met, he was on the other sideline and and he beat his current team by a field goal from 58 yards right before time expired. So there's a lot of history, a lot of good backstory, which I'm really excited we're having Jason on. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, this is a classic game of, you know, big time underdog going into a heavy favorite and anything can happen. And that's, that's what makes me, Really excited about this game.
1: You know Mike McCarthy as well as anyone. What do you want to tell us that there's no way we can know that you know, having played for him?
0: Like, like what? I guess uh, I don't know. Is he any different
1: during the playoffs? What? Um, how is he in private in the locker room uh, uh, before a game? Before a big game? Um, you know, he's had success and he's had failure, and yeah. Uh, was he the same? Did you never notice any difference or did players say, yeah, I can tell it's a playoff game now because Mike is like this.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, the energy ramped up throughout the whole building once the playoffs came right. The energy ramps up kind of, everyone's a little bit edgier. Um, everyone's all, you know, everyone's in a different mindset than what it normally is during the regular season. I mean, it, it, it just, that's just what it is. But I always thought Mike, you know, in, in, in the team meetings and at practice, and I, I didn't think there was too much of a difference. I, I really didn't. I, I think he, if anything, I think at times during practice he was maybe a touch more calmer. He was setting more of an example that hey, we're we're good here. Everyone just you know settle in, do what you need to do, play your style of game. We're gonna be fun. Like so, I thought he brought a little bit of a calming presence, which, um, especially as a young guy, <clears throat> as a young guy on that Super Bowl team, like was really good for me. Now the practices have changed dramatically since when I was a rookie to now like padded once a week, when I was there as a rookie in the playoffs, we were, we were banging heads every single day, you know, uh, really? Wednesday, there's, oh yeah, we were, we were going, it was full bore. Um, so the practices have changed and the intensity of the practices has changed obviously, but I always thought Mike was a, was, was a positive guy throughout the week of the playoffs. And, um, I I I didn't notice really any change. The the energy in the building in in the building's always heightened no matter what. That just that's playoff football. Uh, but Mike to me always brought a, a good positive energy. You know, once the playoffs kicked off, he's
1: going to say it's the Packers. It doesn't matter. They're just an opponent of the playoffs. What's the truth? I mean, I think I think he thinks about it, right? I mean, I, I, I don't think know. Only- that's what I'm asking because. You can uh th- yeah, I don't know, it would it be different if Aaron Rodgers after a few years there are fewer people around than were before. Um that's, to me can be a number of different angles. It's it's one everybody's gonna talk about, but as I said with the other questions, we don't really know because we haven't been on the inside.
0: Yeah, I mean I I think I think he's only human and in and, and this game I mean obviously playoff games mean a lot to every single coach, especially in his position with the expectation of the owner there and the fan base there and everything like that. So there is a a big expectation of him and this team in Dallas. I mean, I understand that, but you know, he's only human. He had a lot of great memories in green Bay, won a lot of games, won a super bowl um, is still friends with a lot of people in the community. So, you know, I think he wants this one. He wants it a lot and you know, it's, you know, uh, I don't want to say he, he he wants to show Green Bay that you know I was the guy. You you, you know you should, this should have never happened. But listen, everyone's got pride, right? Everyone's no
1: that. Everyone. I, well, I asked it because that's exactly how I would feel. There'd be somebody I want to beat because basically they said well, you're not the guy anymore. Even though I'd yeah. won a Super Bowl, and I don't know who that person is, but yeah, I'd want to kick their butt. I don't no. I don't think people forget. When you're successful, who fired you? Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, listen, like I said, he's human. Like, like it's he, he's. But not, I don't know. And then Rogers, my my belief always, and I would think this if I was him, that Rogers got him fired. They were, Rogers wanted a new guy, so the team did that. Rogers isn't on the Packers anymore, so I don't know if uh, if he has any uh, distaste for anyone, or just wants to prove them that they were wrong. I guess it could always be the president. Uh, because he was the guy in charge, but I don't,
0: yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's got any disdain for anyone in in the organization or I don't think it's like that. I I, I really don't. I mean, and listen, time, time heals a lot of things. And I think that's probably the case with this now, but
1: yeah. And you you got other things that become higher. I, by the way, I don't think there's any way he gets fired. If if he loses to green Bay, because uh, Jerry Jones likes being the boss And the reality is, is that Mike McCarthy's done pretty well. So uh, I throw that one uh, free of charge. Uh, Jerry hasn't been the guy to axe people very quickly for a long time. And I don't think that he would um, with McCarthy, but it's probably not that that big a deal.
0: Yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen there. I mean, obviously, we all know kind of you know with that Bill Belichick kind of floating out there now there's going to be potentially teams that don't need coaches that may all of a sudden want to coach and you just don't know what's going to play out but you kind of look at Dallas and what Mike's done there he's done a really good job with them they've won a lot of games obviously they they you know the the standard for Dallas is to get into that NFC championship game and and get to the Super Bowl i understand that and you know they they definitely have the team to do it they have the players they have they have a lot of talent they're they're loaded with talent so yeah it's always the expectation that they're going to get there but i i i don't see them moving on from mike mccarthy no matter what happens um but if they do i, I mean what do i know
1: i mean I, it'll be nice it, it, it'd be nice to find out because <laughs> that means yeah. the, that means the packers would have won you always want jason Wildy and i know you got questions for him he's next I said this might be the greatest Packer playoff upset win ever, and I wish to apologize to the 1995 Packers, who were 10.5-point underdogs in San Francisco against the world champion 49ers. This would be impressive, but not at that level. Jason Woolley, at the request of the Doctor of Football, Brian Bulaga, joins us. Take it away, Doc.
0: Jason, how we doing this evening?
2: What a terrible mistake by the old man not to recognize that as the greatest. I mean, that was, that was against the defending Super Bowl champs. Brian Bulaga was, I don't know, what were you in? Like third grade at the time, probably, maybe not even that old, I guess. Uh, but that was huge. That was, I remember watching that game at, uh, Luke's Sports Spectacular on Water Street because that predated my time covering the team and that was, that was a big-time W, and it set the stage for everything that they would accomplish beyond that. So, big oversight, uh, goats. Come on now. <laughs> Duly, Come on, noted. Duly noted.
1: Duly noted. I over. didn't know how big an underdog they were. <laughs> I also didn't realize that that year the 49ers were the top-ranked offense and defense. So, yeah, stupid. Take it away.
2: Sure. <laughs> I'm glad we established that. Now Brian can take over yeah.
1: So
0: Jason, I, I, I'm going to start in a different direction. Um, oh, I'll, I'll okay. get to I the, I'll, start with injuries. I'll, I'll get to that in a second, but I, I wanted to, to start with, because I know, uh, you are, you're close with Mike McCarthy. Obviously he was my coach. Have you had a chance to talk to Mike yet this week, or was there a, a pool, uh, phone call with Mike McCarthy and kind of got to talk to him and, and kind of see, you know, what were his comments this week? What's he thinking? Is there anything that's on his mind about playing his old team and and things like that? Or have you not had that discussion yet with him?
2: So I've got a couple of buddies down in the, uh, in the Dallas Fort worth media and Mike McCarthy, both after the game, after they beat Washington and found out they were playing the Packers. And then again, earlier in the week, uh, he was the party pooper, like, and, and and look, you know you know Mike even better than I do, and I think I know him pretty darn well. One of the great things about him is that he does not have a dishonest bone in his body. Yep. And he cannot help but tell the truth. And um, he basically—I I still can't believe he did this, but I respect the hell out of him for doing it. He basically flat out told everybody that he really screwed up last year coming here and answering all the questions about coming back to green Bay and talking about how much this place meant to him uh, and how, you know, he shared with the players, how meaningful it was to him. Uh, And he basically said, I I totally blew it. Shouldn't have done that. Uh, I regret that. He, I mean, how many times do you hear an NFL coach or general manager like Goody never admits when he's wrong. And I know he put together a great offense and, He's got nothing to admit he was wrong about now, but he won't even admit that he screwed up the Devonte Adams thing or cut Jordy Nelson to uh, a year too early. Or I mean, he was right to move on from that right tackle that he had for a while, but yep. that's another story Agreed. for another day. Um, just ask the Chargers. Um, but I would <laughs> oh, say nice. I would say this. Thanks. That's what friends are for. Sneaky me. Um, but uh, but. Like I really I I thought it was pretty remarkable that someone would use the word regret that is in Mike McCarthy's position. Like guys just don't do that. They don't admit they were wrong and, and he certainly did. So I have not uh my plan actually, that's funny that you ask, I was gonna text him tomorrow and say I took that comment about drama very personally. Uh but I'm I think you handled this the right way this week and it's not my job to cheer for any teams, but You know I uh, I love you and I think the world of you. So uh, good luck on Sunday because um, he has been a since since he was a a really great guy for me to cover. I respected the hell of him. We had some disagreements before you got there. uh, Al Harris was holding out during the off-season program because back then it was really uh, only in name only was it voluntary, and he skipped the entire off-season program. And it was in McCarthy's first year in '06, and McCarthy was pissed. And then I wrote a story uh, with an anonymous source uh, saying that he was skipping the offseason program because he's unhappy with his contract and he wants it reworked. And McCarthy, after an OTA practice, just screamed at me and accused me of making up the story. And, every, and it was in front of all the other reporters. Oh. And, <laughs> and Tim Van Boren Tim Van Voren's theory was, you know, he Mike McCarthy picked one of the guys that, and I don't necessarily subscribe to this theory, but I we had a radio show. We had all this stuff going on. He, he saw somebody that everybody would recognize, and he wanted to kind of set a precedent. So he got after me for everyone to hear. But the problem was the anonymous source that I had that Al Harris wasn't coming to camp because he was unhappy with his contract was Al Harris. So I felt pretty good about the sourcing. <laughs> And so the fact that he chewed me out, I was like, Mike, I, I'm telling you, I, I know what I'm talking about here. And if you're not aware of Al's unhappiness, that's on you. That's not on me. You need to talk to your player. Don't be pissed at me. And after that, he and I, he kind of, we disagreed at times. Well, did we he do that? With yeah, Al got a new contract.
1: No, but so, I mean, do you think he'd it, listen to you and talk to Al Harris and then felt stupid? Did he ever apologize to you?
2: Um, I, I don't know if he flat out apologized. Um, you know, there's some of these old school guys like Oatsy's got the same problem. I know he's a big fan of your show. He, he never really apologizes either. He just is really nice. But to wait, him. at some point McCarthy
1: realized, don't you think he realized where you got the information from or not?
2: Oh yeah, he totally did. Yeah. Okay. And he realized he was wrong to yell at me. And, but my, my point, you know, between that and there were some times when Rogers, obviously, we had the radio show, so he would tell me certain things, and I think Mike felt like I was on his side, which uh, I don't think was necessarily true. But anyway, our our relationship evolved after that, and I, I just you played for him, Brian. You you know he's the he's the kind of guy you want on your side, and yep. and you know that he would do anything for you, and and I just think that that's such a rare quality there's not enough people that are like that so uh, i just think the world of him even though he chewed me out for that al harris story i
0: mean and now al harris is one of his you know most coveted yes, coaches on, he's staff. on his staff yes
1: exactly yeah.
0: how about that irony <laughs> i know <laughs> it's great and and there's rave reviews about al as a coach rave reviews like i mean a lot of the players can't speak highly enough about him so he's doing a great job down there um, which yep. is, yep. uh, doesn't shock me at all. Cause I, I mean, I think Al was there for a year when I was there. Um, and he was a great guy, phenomenal guy was, was, was another good veteran to have in the locker room. So look, now I'll get into injuries and it's, huh. it, it kind of shocked me popping up today that, uh, Jair hurt his ankle Wednesday and he's not practicing what do we know? What are the chances that he does not play Sunday in Dallas?
2: Yeah, we'll we'll find out more tomorrow. Uh, but this is, a, a, you know, he's missed ten out of the he missed ten out of the seventeen games. Right? He had three with the back injury. Uh, he had six with the shoulder injury, and then he had the suspension. And so he got hurt. He hurt his back while they were doing eleven on eleven in a practice. And Alex Magoo, the third-string practice squad quarterback, was playing tight end, and they collided, and that's how he uh, supposedly hurt his back. Well, now, and I—I I don't think uh, he's going to play. Not, Come on, I'm. I, well, uh, you would certainly hope so, but I'm—I'm I'm not sure I've ever heard of a guy getting hurt in jog through, and apparently yeah, that's he a, stepped that's on a new someone's one. foot. Yeah, stepped on someone's foot and rolled his ankle, and that's why he didn't practice today. Now, Joe Barry, uh, we just got done with, with Steno and Joe Barry and, and Rich Passaccia, and Joe Barry said that in talking to Jair, he was he felt better today. They're hoping that he just goes tomorrow and then plays on Sunday, but they decided to play it safe with him today. You know, I felt like, like this is the kind of game that – if you have, and I'm not saying you should, but if you have any question about Jair and his commitment or whatever it might be, his motivation, um, the chance to go up against C.D. Lamb uh, yep. and lock him down in a game that it's winter, the season's over, I have a hard time thinking that a competitor like Jair Alexander um, is going to miss it. And if you, and again, they can't, they
1: can't beat Dallas season. without him playing and playing reasonably well.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, uh, as much as I like Corey Ballantyne and, and Carrington Valentine, I mean, C.D. Lamb is arguably – I mean, it's him, it's Adams, it's a couple of others that are – you know, J- J- Justin Jefferson that are the best in the business. And and the volume of passes that C.D. Lamb gets thrown his direction, uh, you, you, you want your best guy out there, at least covering him sometimes. But if you look back on him dealing with injuries this season – Like, he had the back injury, but he made sure he played against Devontae Adams and even admitted afterward that he maybe shouldn't have played, but he did because he didn't want to miss out on that. Uh, He returned from a six-game absence to play in his hometown of Charlotte. Yes. Uh, Then, uh, obviously, he appointed himself captain. So it would appear that if the spotlight is is tilted correctly, uh, it increases the likelihood of him playing through an injury. So – uh, I don't I would be surprised if he's inactive on Sunday. I really would be, given the stakes and given the uh level of uh notoriety that comes with this matchup.
1: All right, before Brian finishes, uh who do you believe it seems to me to be Mark Murphy, that McCarthy is most irritated at that if he beat the Packers, that would be the person he'd like to though he's a nice guy. No
2: doubt. It is it is one million percent uh Mark Murphy the most. Um I think that probably Russ ball is somewhere in the power rankings. Cause remember like Mike McCarthy uh, gave Russ ball a hell of a lot of opportunities to get to where he's at. And I think that there's some ill will there. I don't think it's that much with Goody. Um, I think there's probably a little bit, but you know, again, Mike McCarthy was part of the selection process of the general manager and he chose Goody over uh, Elliot Wolf. So Maybe there's some waxy build up there, some shoes, as you like to call them, Homer. But, uh, no, it's it's Mark Murphy uh, by a landslide and then probably um, probably after that, Russ Ball more than anybody else.
1: Doc, you got anything else for Jason Wildey? Yeah, real
0: quick. I mean, obviously, before I move on to this, but Elton's, Elton's fine, right? He's just taking his normal yep. workload. Yep. Okay, so El- yep. Elton's
2: fine. I talked to him today. Yeah, he's good. Okay. I mean, I think they're being – you know, he's not quite on that uh, Chad Clifton, Brian Bulaga, David Bakhtiari plan. Nice. Uh, and, and I – and I no. And, it's a and special look, plan. Uh, it's I'm a like, special
0: plan now. I'm going to
2: tell you what. <laughs> it is, but it also I'll, – I'll give Brian this, and, and I gave him a little bit of grief earlier, but uh, I don't think those other two guys minded being on the special plan. You you are cut from the same cloth as Tausch, which I mean as a compliment. I know it might not sound like it. Um, but you guys really wanted to practice. Like, you yeah. felt like you weren't going to be as effective as you, if you didn't. Whereas, both Cliffy and, and Bakhtiari, I feel like, could roll out of bed and pass sets. So, uh, yeah. you did not yeah. relish that. No, I, I needed work
0: throughout the week. I felt like I needed a certain amount of reps to feel good about where I was and everything like that. So, I, I never embraced the full Cliffy and and debock treatment. I just couldn't. I couldn't get behind it a thousand percent. All right.
1: Lastly, because we're late, but is everybody in agreement with the belief that's been stated by the doc and others that the thing that everybody must start with about the improvement of the offense is the offensive line?
2: Um. No. Okay. Um I think that I think that that's been really important. I don't want to. Undercut that at all, and obviously I spend a hell of a lot of time with two uh, former outstanding right tackles who may have a slight bias about how important <laughs> offensive line play is. It? Um, but I'll tell you this, and I don't know—I don't know if Chris Larson can turn this quickly enough. But I know we're going to talk about it on tomorrow's show. In fact, because it's going to support something that uh, Mark Tauscher had said weeks ago um, on November on October 29th after they lost to the Vikings, I asked a question or started to, I should say, ask a question of Matt LaFleur that was basically going to be, Hey, are we at a point now where you guys can't really say, Hey, we're young. We're making, we got guys making young mistakes. Um, And because I was going to say, look, the season's slipping away. You're two and five. You better get your, you know, what together. And he interrupted me. And he said uh, that I'm done playing that young guy game. It's just an excuse. And I, I revisited that this week as I was getting ready for uh, what my thoughts were for my stories for the State Journal. And I actually got Matt for five minutes alone today uh, to talk about this with him. But Steno, if you can get the audio of Steno, it's about halfway through his 13 minutes, where he he basically – I ask him the question, and he tells me that it was the turning point of the season that Lafleur basically told – all the assistant coaches, hey, we can't keep doing this. You know, and and I think what was left out was we're going to get ourselves fired if we don't get this fixed. Uh, so we can't play the young guy game anymore. Like Steno's answer, I, I I didn't fall out of my chair, but if I had wanted to be dramatic, I would have. Because, it first of all, it was perfect for my story. But it was the kind of stuff that – and this is why I love offensive linemen, man. You know, he came along before you did, Brian, but – she yep. was with him in the locker room, and and he was on the practice squad for a whole year. Like, you guys shoot it straight. And it was and at 2-5 and five for, after the
1: Vikings, right?
2: They, they they had lost to the Vikings. Yep. They were 2-5. And, and And look at what happened. They won seven of their last ten. Yep. So it, there is definitely some uh, causation there. All right. Thanks, Jason.
1: All right, guys. Take care. Be good. Jason Thanks, will Jason. be all Packers all the time. Go to WisconsinOnDemand.com. There's no segment all week that I enjoy listening as much as they do that segment. And that is based on the premise that one Aaron Rodgers looked at me straight in the eye and says, you're not a very good listener. Next. You're listening to the
2: Homer Hour on 94.5 ESPN. Third quarter,
1: which might be as short as the two-minute fourth quarter, the discount-ligger Twitter poll question, will it feel better for the Packers to beat the Cowboys because Mike McCarthy is their head coach. Will it feel better for the Packers to beat the Cowboys because Mike McCarthy is their head coach? I ask this because out of curiosity of what people think, makes absolutely no difference to me. If I was Mike McCarthy, I would like to win and look over at uh, Mark Murphy. What do you think now, dude? I don't think he would put it that way. Uh, yeah, Doc, do you have you any uh, response to that question or my added opinions? No, I, I, I don't
0: think Packer fans should feel that it would be that much sweeter to beat the Cowboys because of Mike McCarthy, right? Like,
1: I, I know don't if think... I was you how I'd feel. I'd feel like if the, a... if the Packers are going to lose to somebody, and I don't want them to lose, I'd like them to lose to Mike McCarthy more than any other coach in the league. Yeah.
0: I would agree cuz I you yeah. know as a as a player that played for him I know how good of a guy he is I know how much he loved the Green Bay Packers and he loved the city and he loved the state and he and the fans I know I know how much you know his time in Green Bay meant to him and his family so listen I don't think it's good to lose anyone I'll say that, but if there's going to be a team that we do, and I get it, there's a big rivalry, Packers, Cowboys. I understand everyone, not a lot of people like the Dallas Cowboys, and I get it. Like, I understand. Um, but Mike's a good guy. He, he, he really is. And, um, Packer fans, I, again, like I said, time heals a lot of things, and Mike's been gone for a while, and he didn't walk away. He was fired. Um, it wasn't something like he wanted out or anything like that. So, um, If they do beat the Cowboys, it shouldn't be sweeter because it was Mike McCarthy. It should be sweeter because you went into the two seed and beat the two seed. That's the way I look at it.
1: What is the maddest? You don't have to tell me why. What was the maddest you ever saw Mike McCarthy?
0: Oh, man. Um, I think it was in that 2016 season. We were were on our, I think, four-game losing streak, and – Someone said something or, or made a sound in the team meeting room, and he absolutely lost it. I mean, <laughs> he absolutely lost it. And, it. and the thing was, I think a guy was clearing his throat or something. Like, it was in, it was in the winter, so not in the winter, but starting to become some guys are sick or whatever it is. And I think a guy just cleared his throat when it was dead silent. And Mike just blew up. It was it was hard not to laugh because if you laughed, he would have he would have seen you and and chewed you out too. But I mean, it was it was pretty funny. And and if you would if I would mention that story to him again, he'd probably laugh about it. But it was. And then we came out of that streak. Obviously, made all of the NFC championships. So it is what it is. But that was he was. Really angry. Really, really
1: angry. <laughs> I told you the third quarter would be short. The fourth quarter and the doc on who's going to win, Packers-Cowboys, next. Welcome back to the Homer Hour on 94.5 ESPN. Bill Belichick is out as coach of the New England Patriots. I should know this, but I didn't look it up. Brian Bulaga, doc How many times did you play against New England? Can you tell us anything about him as a coach in terms of your preparation uh, that would be different or you know things that we don't know because all we did is observe his greatness to me as a defensive mind. uh, Bill Parcells never won anything without Bill Belichick.
0: Yeah, I mean, what an amazing run in New England. You knew when you would play New England you were going to get – crazy looks you'd be schemed up against like almost perfectly every time uh they were so well coached they were disciplined every guy was always doing what they needed to do on the field you had to play i wouldn't say perfect but you had to play pretty close to it especially when the patriots were humming Um, you had to play pretty close to perfect to beat them um they were they were always tough to play and obviously with tom brady there they, they were very very good um i think it's you could say, and I mean, I I have no problem saying. I think he's probably the best football coach the National Football League's ever seen. Uh, six Super Bowls, tons of Super Bowl appearances, tons of wins. Um, it was obviously you. I get to look back at it and say it was an honor to compete against his teams. Uh, I've beaten his teams. I've lost against his team. So, um, it, but there it was, was, it was that
1: consistent consistency in all the games you played against him, in terms of not the overall play of his uh, coach team. Yeah.
0: I mean, you would know exactly what you were going to get every time. Like there, there was no drop off. They were always going to be consistent, you know, hard nosed disciplined, very assignment oriented. They were, they were a very well coached team. And, um, you know, obviously who knows where he's going to land next. I think he probably gets his pick of the litter um, at this point, but um, what an amazing career in New England. What an amazing career. Just phenomenal. All
1: right, let's get to the game. The Dr. Brian Bulaga, whatever your thoughts are, just discussing, analyzing the Packers and the Cowboys. What do you start with?
0: So I think this is a game that you look at Dallas on offense with Mike McCarthy calm plays, and at times in, in Green Bay, you know, He could get sometimes carried away with throwing the football a little bit too much and kind of getting away from, you know, staying consistent on the ground, especially in playoff games. You want to establish an identity early and and do all that. And I don't think he does that in this game. I don't think he overcomplicates it. I don't think he overthinks it. I think he's going to run the football, and Tony Pollard is going to have a big role in this game. And he's going to test Green Bay's run defense. We all know that's a weakness. He's gonna test it, and he's gonna test it often. Um, I am worried about the run game more than I am the pass game for the Packers. That is what I am most worried about because if Dallas gets that run game going, it's gonna be a long day because then they're gonna be able to play action, pop, you know, move the pocket for Dak, do a bunch of things that you know we're not suited to stop. So that that's my biggest concern. And then offensively, I think we're going to be able to move the football. I think we're going to be able to move the football. I think the offense is playing at a really good level right now. Obviously, the key is to stop Micah Parsons from wrecking the game. We have tackles that are playing well. Zach Tom's playing really well. But Micah Parsons moves throughout a defense. He'll play middle linebacker. He'll play left end. He'll play right end. He'll line up over a guard. He'll line up over a center. So he's going to be a guy that we really need to focus on and make sure he does
1: not wreck the game. Also, what makes him so tough? What skill does he have that challenges a tackle?
0: I mean, his lateral quickness, I think is second to none. I mean, he can change direction on a dime and do it without losing any speed and that is very dangerous with an edge rusher because normally when edge rushers try to change direction within mid rush they slow down a little bit they give it away by their their pads get high and you can kind of tell when they're going to make a move inside or something like that and
1: he does it full stride
0: and it's very impressive
1: to anybody you played against
0: um no because he's a he's a one-off type player that he's that special
1: wow
0: um he, he he's a he's a special football player um i do think one thing that we can do and we've been showing that we're getting better at it is, is run the football if dallas can get got it's a, it's in the run game so i'm hoping that the o-line and aaron jones they come to play and and, and we try to establish the ground game i i think it's going to be closer than the seven and a half than what they're saying i think it's going to be a good football game i just in dallas um uh, I hate to do it, but I, I just see Dallas thirty-one twenty-eight. That's the way I, I'm looking at it. And listen, I want to eat crow on Monday, Homer. I want to <laughs> eat crow. Well, there'll be a, I, there'll be a large supply if they yeah, win. I I want to eat crow. I do. I just this is a tough matchup based on based on what they do well and what we don't do well, and that's why I'm going that direction. The, now you I you want,
1: would hope. I'm guessing that Mike McCarthy gets to the same passing happy uh, offense. That would benefit the Packers defensively, you believe?
0: Absolutely. Because yeah. then I think our pass rushers get in a rhythm, right? We have a good we have a good pass rush. And you get Kenny and Preston, Rashawn Gary and Brooks and Wyatt. Those guys get rolling and, and rushing the passer. And you can keep pressure on Dak. That, that's in our favor. Because um, I think Dak can make some rash decisions while under pressure. So... I look at it as if they want to get past happy, it favors us because I think we've been playing good enough in the secondary and our pass rush has really come on the last few weeks. So I'm hoping maybe Mike wants to air it out a bunch, but I just I don't think he's going to I think he's going to he's going to challenge us up front with their offensive line. They're very good. And he's going to try to set the tone at the line of scrimmage.
1: All right, nothing you have ever said on this show has drawn the attention like your comment when I asked you and you said watching Jordan Love, it was kind of like watching Aaron Rodgers. Explain again for all those people who are amazed and impressed by that thought. Yeah, I mean, it's the
0: thought that any time he threw a pass that it was going to be completed, no matter where it was on the field, that he was going to drop back and let it go, and it was going to get caught, and that's what it felt like in that last Chicago game, and that's what it always felt like to me with Aaron.
1: Perfectly stated. Packers-Cowboys. We'll talk about it Monday. Thanks, Doc. I don't know what's next. It can't be as good as he is. Wisconsinondemand.com. As he watches the game twice, you should listen to him twice. Next.